All right, good evening, everyone. Today is February 7th, 2022, and we are studying the big book of Alcoholics Anonymous. This week's chapter and step is Into Action, step six, and our speaker tonight is Arlene G. Thank you, Arlene, take it away. Hi, everybody, my name is Arlene. I'm a compulsive overeater. A little bit on the speaker circuit, so sorry, but I promise not to repeat too much of what I said yesterday. But Jeff and any other newcomers, welcome, welcome. Nice to see you all. So just to qualify and let you know that I belong here is I um, came into the program this month is actually a little over 40 years ago. I came in when I was in college. I would love to say I have 40 years of abstinence. I do not. I celebrated 21 in August. So I definitely, my story contains relapse. Um, and my drug of choice was chocolate ice cream. And I'm only going to take a few minutes to talk about what it was like for me, because I really want to talk about step six. Um, and for anyone who doesn't know me, I'm just going to, obviously you could tell by my tone of voice that I grew up on the East Coast, even though I live in Los Angeles. And um, I was a competitive athlete as a kid, as a teenager, and through college. So that's really what kept me from ever becoming grossly obese. I um, was a tennis player. I ran. I did weights. I ran steps. I played for Division One University, and um, at when I was a kid and even in high school, I was a really, really good tennis player. Clearly, in my own mind, I was going to be the next Chris Everett. But um, my greatest victory, though, was against her sister. But I never got to play Chris, and um, I. I'm not a professional tennis player. Why? Because this disease took me out. But I do want to tell a couple of stories, which I sort of forgot the other day, not forgot, but just didn't mention. So I was a chewing gum addict. I, um, and back then they used to have these jumbo packs and my gum of choice was juicy fruit. And you could find me in the library with these in and out. I chew it, get rid of the sugar and the next piece would come in but it was so bad in high school, ready for this, that when I took my SATs, the reading comprehension, I fell asleep during the test because of the sugar crash. It was, it was really, um, it was very damaging and shaming for me. My parents got called to school because at the time I was the president of my high school. And, um, you know, all of a sudden I, got a really bad score and it was, um, it was just awful, but that's where it went. That's as little or as far as it went chewing gum. And I actually, in later years developed this thing called TMJ. And to this day, I sleep with a night guard because of the damage I did to uh, my jaw. Um, and so when I went to my first meeting, and I walked into a room of what I thought were older women, probably my age now or even old or younger. Um, 
this woman spoke about eating out of the trash. And that really was my greatest shame in life. I didn't know anyone else ever did it. And I heard someone else do it. And from that moment, it was the first time I really felt at home and a part of like my, I remember growing up that at times my parents would actually refer to me as the black sheep of the family and, um, you know, painful stuff. But what did I do? Eat ice cream. I didn't know how to feel anything at all. And, um, and then I got to my first meeting, got into recovery, started working what I thought or what they told me was to do what I tell me what to do. So I worked the steps and, um, within like three months, I did my fourth step. And I remember going home to see them and to make amends. And the sponsor of mine had sort of prepped me how to do all this. And when I told them, you know, I sat down with them and said, I wanted to apologize, you know, the sugar, blah, 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 my behaviors. And they're like, are you in a cult? You know, they just didn't want to know from it at that point. And my brother was very nasty, although he wasn't, he was out of the house by then. Um, and he didn't want to know from the program at all. And what did I do? I was there during Passover. And so for the next week, I gained 10 pounds in one week. All I did was Five eat minutes. that that dried uh, cardboard called matzah, box after box after box. And then I, um, so to this day, seriously, this day, to this day, I do not eat matzah. It's just not one of my foods. It doesn't work. It's like I see it and I just think about the past. And I'm really grateful that for now I have no interest in it. Um, and then just to fast forward, because I really want to get to the present. I had about 16 years of what I call working a food plan in the tools. That's what it was. It was my social life. I had moved out to LA in the 80s. I went to grad school at UCLA and um, I really got into OA then. But it was my social life. It was my whole life. Um, and then for other reasons, mostly guilt by my parents, I moved back east and I stayed there, got married, got divorced, got married, got divorced again for a second, have a daughter, raised a daughter. And um, once my parents passed away, I, um, so I moved back out here about two and a half years ago. And when my daughter was maybe seven or eight, we were at the movies and I lost my abstinence over an M&M peanut. And I tell this story because number one, if there's anyone struggling, if there's anybody new, I literally could justify anything, a little bit of protein surrounded by chocolate. And that started, you know, sort of an up and down slide. I never went back to the binging that I did when I was a teenager. I've never eaten out of the trash in all these years. I've never had chocolate ice cream in over 40 years, but I definitely had um, non-abstinent behaviors and um, actions. So I've done many different fourth steps. I've gone through the steps numerous times. I've had many sponsors throughout my years. And I got into a study, a big book study a few, several years ago where they gave me these forms and it was the columns but the most important part was what my part was, was taking responsibility and really seeing things that I did. And 
areas where I just had a blind spot and there were a lot of them, let me be clear. So, and then I would share, I told the story, we went through it pretty um, strictly. I followed the dictates of the big book. After I shared, I literally set a timer for an hour. I put my crazy big book up on a shelf, took it down, sat there for an hour, did the five steps again, and really um, thought about if my work was in place. And it was the first time I felt that it was really, really thorough. But when I look at, you know, and I sort of laugh because I'm talking about step six. Step six in the big book is one freaking paragraph. So I thought I could read that. It's only a paragraph. So it says, if we can answer to our satisfaction, and to our satisfaction was, did we do, um, did we skimp on the cement? How's our foundation? That one hour. Oh, it's right here. What I just said. Okay, I did all that. Can if we can answer to our satisfaction, we then look at step six. We have emphasized willingness as being indispensable. Are we now, now, ready to let God remove from us all the things which we have admitted are objectionable? Can he now take them all, every one? If we still cling to something we will not let go, we ask God to help us be willing. So. The good news is, is that with my higher power that I call God, I have that ability to change, you know, and after I shared all the inner pain and the shame that my defects caused me through the fifth step, I sort of look at it as being armed with facts about myself and not just looking at somebody else. So being entirely ready I feel like that's the job of our lifetime to always remember that the big book promises spiritual progress, not perfection. And that I need willingness and 100% honesty, not 99% honesty, without any reservation, whatever. And I have to say that that was one of the things that I used to pride myself on being so honest, but I wasn't. I would turn over potatoes, but it, they could have been French fries or potato chips. It wasn't, it wasn't complete honesty. But I must be completely willing to let God change me. And that's what I have learned in these last several years, that God, with the willingness, God has rewired my brain and my heart. And then in I also love, like when I work with sponsees, and I have a lot of them, and I'm so grateful to them, but you know what? This really hit me. So when we do step six, I do it from the AA 12 and 12, but there is a paragraph that says, sure, I was beaten, absolutely licked. My own willpower just wouldn't work. I had no willpower. I couldn't have one. If I didn't have it all, don't, I couldn't even start. That's what it says. I simply couldn't stop eating. And no human being, no job, no boyfriend, no baby could do that for me. But when I became willing to clean house and then asked God, as I understood him, to give me release, my obsession vanished. It lifted right out of me. 
I'm not going to say it vanished, but it did go away. I mean, there are definitely moments that I have um, looked at things and like, oh, that would be nice. And it's not been perfect, but it's pretty damn close. You know, I look, I one fourth step I did, or the sixth step was called Praggles. And this was on my defects. It was pride, resentment, anger, greed, gluttony, lust, envy, and sloth. And I wrote about all of them. I also had a lot of fear. I always felt this guy was a victim as a child, which I was not. But the other thing was, was I had so many expectations and was always left so disappointed because I just had expectations of a different result and it never worked that way. But that was my, part of that was my disease talking. You know, the other thing I have struggled with for years with shame about my body. And even to this day, it's like my body will never look the way I want it to, no matter how hard I try. It was the same thing I said yesterday about whatever weight I was, I'm telling you, unless it was my birth weight, it was never the right number. It just didn't matter. It was never okay. So for today, I get to just feel whatever it is. And I get to feel it in the moment. Before we started, Michelle was saying she's been crying, you know, over her apps, you know, anniversary abstinence. And I get that. I've been crying during the Olympics. I mean, yes, I used to work for them and it's emotional and all of that for me. But um, when something bad happens, I don't have to laugh anymore. I can actually react in the moment. But the biggest change through step six is, you know, the closer I am to my God or my higher power, the less defects come up for me. Surrender leads me and has led me to recovery. And I'm now ready to have God remove these. I must surrender completely in order for these defects or defenses to be removed from me. My old ways brought in old results. And if I cling to the past, I have an attachment to holding on and not being in now. And then I'm missing out a lot. Holding on to grievances and resentments for me, it is a living hell. And I've done that for a long time. But love, love holds no grievances. And they're just not part of my God's plan. I really believe that today. And I have found recently that a few people have come back into my life from my past where if I lived right near them, I'd want to cross the street if I saw them. But now they've gotten in touch with me filled with love. Like what? But I'm like, okay, why? Because I'm open. Because I lean into my higher power every day, every night. Thanks for putting that in. I love that, Lita. Love holds no grievances. I don't know who said that, but I really like that. Thanks for saying that. Um, the thing is, with all the different defects, and I do have to say one that I sometimes still struggle with a bit is gossip. It's not a great thing. So, but I own it and I can label it. I can write about it. And then I can be willing to let it go. 
And the greatest thing about step six is it allows me to change my attitude every day, every hour, every in a moment, and just say, I'm not going to think like that anymore and just change it. When I am in sync with my higher powers plan, number one, it sets me free. Number two, I think about myself when I tried to learn how to surf and I would fight the wave. And so I always fell. But when I'm in sync with God's plan, I stay on the board. And we do that wave together, although a low wave, I'm not doing high waves anymore. And I do know that God's plan will never fail. And when we're on the road together, we're going in the right direction. I'm the only one that takes the detour or goes on the bumps. I'm staying off the moguls today too. So I constantly seek and ask, what is your plan for me? And I do that every single morning. You know, I start, I invite God in first thing when I wake up, I try to listen to on awakening or read it. Although I think I memorize most of it, but I ask to have my thinking directed in a way that's in sync and in accordance with what God wants for me. You know, God answers me in direct proportion to my willingness to listen and to hear. And what I've learned over the years is I take the cotton out of my ears and I put it in my mouth so I can really listen. But I also know that if my food is not crystal clear, I cannot hear the message. It gets blocked. So I want that channel open, scrubbed out, cleaned out every day. And so I get to hear the message. And not only from God, but from all of you on the screen or people that call me or text me all day long. And these people who are complaining to me about intergroup stuff, I'm on the Los Angeles intergroup board. I just, sometimes I pray for them. Sometimes I get really mad too. It's like, you're so annoying. But then I talk to someone or I write about it and I can move on. Like I said, I can change my attitude in a moment. There are definitely things in life that I thought would be different and things I don't understand, but you know, that's the way it is. I just keep suiting up, showing up, trying to be of service as much as I can. I am so incredibly grateful for Zoom. Two minutes. Have, thank you. To be able to um, share in New York, there's people from all over. Oh my God. Hi, Linda. Um, <laughs> and I'm incredibly fortunate to be living in LA, to have so many meetings and, you know, Zooms, there are days when I'm really feeling lonely or alone, I'll go to two or three in a day. And I don't judge myself. If that's what I need, that's what I do. And you know what else? If I don't like what I'm hearing in a meeting, I raise my hand. And then I share what I would want to hear in a meeting. And I think we all owe that as fellows to just listen, listen for the message, share the message of hope but we have to be willing. We have to be willing to let go of our old ways. They didn't work. We weren't doing so great. Otherwise we all wouldn't be here. So with that, I just thank you so much, Amy. 
I don't know if I, if you're here, but Amy, thank you so much. I miss talking to you. Thanks for asking me to speak. And I'm really excited to hear from all of you. Okay, I'm done. Oh, Arlene, thank you so much for that amazing share. Um, ooh, gotta find my place, hold on. All right, we will now open the meeting for questions or for three minute shares. At this, as this is a big book study, sharing and questions should relate specifically to the chapter and study being studied and staff being studied this week. We ask you to accept this guideline in order to keep the meeting on track. If you'd like to share or ask a question, please raise your virtual hand, which is under reactions or star nine if you are on the phone and the Zoom host will call the raised hands in order and ask you to unmute when it's your turn. Would the timekeeper please set a timer for three minute shares and announce when time is up. If the speaker is asked a question, please allow three minutes for the answer. Hi everyone, I'm Laura T and let's hear from Linda, Linda M. Hi everybody, Linda, compulsive reader, bulimic, and I wanna see Arlene while I'm gonna put it on gallery so I can maybe see you, but I can't at the moment. Anyway, Hillary had put out the word that you were sharing and I really wanted to, oh, I see you now. I wanted to jump in because I really feel like there's been distance between us and, and I don't want there to be. And I love what you said about love holds no grievances because step six says so much about taking a look at my side of the street and cleaning up my part. And that's what I've been doing lately whenever I can, because when I first came to OA, you know, it was all about the problem, talking about it, discussing it, finding other people to talk to about it. But today, many years later, it's about having a problem, having a grievance, having an upset, having something that jealousy or left out, or that's a big part of my thing. I feel, you know, left out or ignored or not a part of. And, and so I get to look at my side of the street and clean it up. And that's important for me today because I really want to live in the sunlight of the spirit too. I have 43 years and I'm so grateful for those years. It hasn't been easy. It's been up and down and all around, but somehow like Arlene talked about, we can change our mind, we can change our outlook, we can change our attitude in like a minute if we choose to. And today I choose to live in the in the solution. So Arlene, it was so good to see you and hear you and thanks for letting me share. Thank you, Linda. And now we'll hear from Stephanie S. Hey guys, Stephanie S. I'm a compulsive overeater and bulimic in Florida. And I was so excited that we're doing step six this week. Um, I recently had the most beautiful experience reading the step six chapter in the AA 12 and 12, which I know Arlene mentioned. Thank you so much for your awesome share, Arlene. Um, you know, the big book does have like one or two lines on step six. And so it can be kind of easy to just like skate by it. You're like, okay, we're entirely ready to have God remove all these defects of character. Yes, of course. Of course, I want my defects removed. Easy peasy, let's move on. But when you really dig in, there's so much more to it. There's so much more nuance. Um, 
And it can feel kind of daunting. Like, oh my gosh, does this mean that I'm looking towards becoming like perfect, like perfectly selfless, perfectly patient, perfectly honest? Of course not, right? Like step six, we're, we're, at, we're moving towards those ideals. In the AA 12 and 12, um, there are a couple of lines that I loved. It's one, one of the lines says, um, only step one, where we made the 100% admission that we were powerless over food can be practiced with absolute perfection. The remaining 11 steps state perfect ideals. They are goals towards which we look and measuring sticks by which we estimate our progress. Um, it goes on to tell us that we, we have to raise our eyes towards perfection and be ready to walk in that direction. We're never gonna get there, right? We're never gonna get to perfect because um, that's not possible, but we still look in that, we look in that direction. We move towards becoming more honest, becoming more selfless, um, becoming more patient. That's one that I really need to work on. Um, and I just love that. I love that. I love the idea of moving towards these beautiful ideals, even knowing that we're never going to, we're never going to fully get there. Um, and that's moving towards God. So with that, I'll pass. Thank you guys. Thank you, Stephanie. Hillary. Hi, I am um, Hillary, compulsive recovering overeater in Los Angeles and um, making amends to Arlene for um, <laughs> telling people that she was sharing on step six. Um, I, um, I, uh, you know, to anyone who's new today, um, Jeff, keep coming back, make calls, answer the phone when people call you. This is a wonderful group of people who, um, who want to see you thrive and work these steps to the best of your ability. Um, I'm going to start crying. Um, you know, I'm learning in these rooms that, you know, life is, you know, life is not easy for any of us. Life has challenges, um, but we can find the beauty of it when we let go some of this incredible weight that we carry around, not just the weight on our body, but this, you know, desire to be perfect, these character defects. Um, you know, today, um, or at this weekend, I called Arlene, I had done some, something, um, with the fam, my family. And she said, do you see the progress you've made? And it's not that I needed the support to do the action. I needed to step back and see that the promises are coming true and that I'm not looking for perfection. I'm doing intuitively, like it says in, in On Awakening, these bright actions are becoming more intuitive and um, my higher power is directing me where I need to go. And sometimes the high, my higher power doesn't speak directly to me. Um, he speaks through my fellows. Um, so if you don't have a herd, I encourage you to build your own herd, find a herd, make calls. I'm gonna put my number in the chat um, but the value of not just calling newcomers, but having somebody, um, in these rooms who you can 
start in the middle of the sentence, start in the middle of the story with is invaluable um, and really just um, liberating. So with that, I'll pass. Thank you, Hillary. Amy B. Thank you so much, Laura. And thank you, Michelle. Um, Amy B. Compulsive Overeater living very gratefully in a recovered state today. Um, thank you everybody doing service at this meeting. And that includes being here and adding your energy to our collective. It's a service to show up and be here for each other no matter where you are. So thank you. And Arlene, Thank you for talking about step six. Thank you for showing up. Thank you for the service that you do that we see and that we don't see. Um, thank you for every time that you show up and, and listen and nod and connect. And thank you for talking about the 12 and 12. And thank you to the other speakers who mentioned the 12 and 12, because it really is so great on step six. One of my favorite bits from the 12 and 12 on step six, the age 12 and 12 is on page 65, where it says, so step six, we're entirely ready to have God remove all these def defects of character is AA's way, is AA's way of stating the best possible attitude one can take in order to make a beginning on this lifetime job. This does not mean that we expect all of our character defects to be lifted out as the desire to drink or compulsively eat was, a few of them may be, but with most of them, we shall have to be content with patient improvement. The keywords entirely ready underline the fact that we want to aim at the very best we know or can learn. And then on the next page or two pages later, rather on 68, right after what the previous um, person uh, read about step one, the end of that paragraph says the only urgent thing, and again, this is urgent, the big book talks about urgency and action. The only urgent thing is that we make a beginning and keep trying. Make a beginning and keep trying. Um, and I love also how somebody else spoke about how it's progress and moving towards and moving in the right direction. Um, our defects, our defections away from our higher power and our principles direct us towards it. Um, yeah, thanks everybody for being here. Thank you so much. Thanks, I pass. Thank you, Amy. Maya. Hi, I'm Maya, compulsive overeater in Los Angeles. Thanks everyone for your beautiful shares and thanks Arlene um, for your lead. I've, all the shares have been so amazing and solution oriented. I've been debating whether I should put my hand down because I don't think I can live up to the standard, but I'm going to try and yeah. Um, welcome to the newcomers. Definitely when I first came into this program, I didn't have the experience of like, I'm home and I'm going to do this. I had the experience of like, if this isn't a weight loss program, why, what are we doing here? <laughs> and then I left and um, that wasn't a great choice. But what did work for me is I kept coming back. I've come back through multiple relapses and to I'm nearing 60 days, which is ex really exciting. Thank you. There was a time when like three days was not even possible for me. And I do feel like from working, like going through the steps really quickly, I've 
had a sort of spiritual awakening. And then I've also had some frustration about what that's looked like for me. Um, my spiritual awakening has been just life doesn't throw me off course the way it, it's not as prickly and my past isn't as prickly and I can have bad days and good days in ways that I couldn't before and just show up. And it's sort of like, I'm like, uh, it's, I'm fine. Like it's everything. I'm just like kind of fine all the time. And like, I used to just be terrified of everything. And now it's just sort of like, yeah, I don't really know, but it could be my best case or my worst case. But where I'm frustrated is I thought the spiritual awakening meant all your dreams will come true. <laughs> and maybe they will. I mean, what where step six for me has, what it's really helped is my character defects really get in my way. Like I really, for me, the eating is, is about the food and it's really about just self-sabotage. Like it's, I'll go to any lengths to keep myself isolated and keep myself miserable and keep my life small. And like, I've just had all these wonderful opportunities to work on some big character defects for me and try my best to let it go because I like, I mean, this program for me is so much about all my affairs. Like I have these big career aspirations, but my character defects, I'd rather just get jealous of other people who are working hard. It'll never happen for me. I'm not even going to try. And then I just perpetuate my misery. And so that's an example of how by lifting the character defect of like jealousy and sloth, I'm able to at least put in footwork and like put in and, and leave the results up to God and see what happens instead of being just like miserable and obsessed with other people and punishing myself through the food. So yeah, I've just seen a lot of um, opening in that's my time. Life. And I'm really grateful that I've kept coming back. Thanks for letting me share. Thanks so much, Maya. Uh, at this time, we will now stop the recording for unrecorded questions or shares with the Zoom host. Please stop the recording.